Hooray. And put a little emphasis on there in giving God praise. Hallelujah. It is such an honor to be back in the house of the Lord here today and to be worshiping God. We're going to uh, have a special prayer here today um, as well before we get into the reading of the word of the Lord. Um, we will be opening up our Bibles and we will be turning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. We're going to be praying right now for Sister Lupe and her family. Uh, they had a uh, tragedy uh, in, in their near family and we need to pray that God would comfort them as well. And uh, remember, we're going to continue to pray as Brother Diaz did for the Bryant family during this moment. Um, and then we're going to continue to pray for all of our uh, saints of God here at ARC. There's several that have been out sick for a while, and some of them are just finishing up uh, their quarantine, just making sure that they have everything gone and out of their system before they come home. And we really appreciate that and their thoughtfulness towards the church. And I'm telling you, as a pastor, I can't wait to have everybody back in the house of the Lord feeling well. And uh, But we're going to go before the Lord. Let's pray before we read the word of the Lord. Let's pray right now for Sister Lupe and her family and for the rest of our church. Father, we love you. We thank you today. God, we pray right now for Sister Lupe, Sister Candace, and their extended family. God, during this time of loss, God, we pray that you would touch them, that you would wrap your loving arms around them. You are the comforter, God, that you would bring comfort. Amen. To the Bryant family as well, a peace that passes all understanding, God. Would you reach down right where they are, amen, and give them, amen, some, some love and give them some comfort. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. We're going to read one portion of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you now I'm going to be teaching for just a few moments but if you want to give it a title uh, brother Worley you can talk you can just title it gratitude Wednesday gratitude Wednesday and for those that are wondering we are going to have some testimonies here tonight so while I'm teaching if you want to ignore me and think about something you're grateful for that's all right I will receive that. But before you set down your Bibles, let's pray one more time that God would touch this. I believe there's power in thankfulness. I believe there's power in gratitude. Amen. I believe there's power when God's people come together with the intent and the purpose that we are going to give God glory. We're going to give God praise and we're going to be thankful unto him. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. God, touch this here tonight and bless us. Amen. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments. First, before we get started, I want to say, amen. How many enjoyed that revival that we had? Amen. Wasn't that wonderful? Now, I do wish that, uh, and I look forward to, we're going to be looking to have them back for the month of May. And so, right before May, I want everybody to take extra vitamins and, uh, you know, there, you know that you've you got a good preacher when they can preach when nobody's there. Uh, so that just lets us know that when we pack out the building in May, I think it's going to be even better. But whether you were here locally in the building or you were listening online as some even are tonight, 
uh, there was many moments and many words that Brother Claiborne began to preach. And uh, there's many, again, as I've said many times before, and we'll continue to say, when we bring preachers in, I don't tell them anything. I just let them pray and hear from God and bring a word. So there's many people that got a word, a direct word from the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that. And so I love moments like that, and I love men of God that can come in and just operate. And as the pastor, I know a lot more of information, and I've gotten texts that week, and uh, the evangelist doesn't know, but I want you to know every single service matters. Whether you are in the building or you are listening online or maybe you are working, I want to encourage you that even now you can go back online on podcasts and some other avenues, SoundCloud, and uh, thank God for the digital age. You can go and you can listen to those again. There's some messages that we hear that we don't need to hear once. We need to hear them over and over and over again. Amen? And so if the Lord spoke to you this last month, I want to encourage you to go back and to uh, listen. And don't just listen uh, to hear the word, but I want you to take your notebook and begin to write down things that God has been speaking to you. I believe that's how we add to our faith. And somebody said, Amen. Gratitude Wednesday. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, we feel Every year, and usually we do it the week before Thanksgiving, but because we were in revival, we did not. But I don't want one year to go by without having an opportunity, amen, as a church body to testify. I believe it's apostolic for people to testify and to be thankful and to be grateful of the goodness of God. This is one of the more famous passages of Scripture because it is in this same context that Paul is just doing his uh, ending, ending remarks. And as many preachers do, he says, I'm done, I'm finished, and then he keeps going. But he begins to tell them to rejoice evermore, to pray without ceasing. And then he tells them, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. But in order to fully understand what is really being said, because when we read the Bible, often we read the Bible from a 21st century context that we just got done eating a 15-pound turkey and some cranberry sauce, and, and we just celebrated, and we're thinking, yeah, we need to be thankful. But when you look at the context, context of Thessalonica, it really brings out that scripture, amen, a little bit more. There were three main issues that concerned the Apostle Paul about the church in Thessalonica while he was on his second missionary journey. Number one that he was worried about, and you can see this in more verses than we have time to get into here tonight, he was worried that with the severe amount of persecution. You see that even Luke wrote about this in Acts chapter 17 that the Jews were so jealous that they rounded up some wicked men from the marketplace. They formed a mob, and they started rioting in the city. Does that sound like our modern day and world to anybody here tonight? They began to attack Jason's house, for the Bible would declare that he was the one that turned his world upside down. 
Because that is exactly what the church of the living God is meant to do. When we are living, some people think, well, our world's crazy. So it's time for the church to close up shop and give in and give up and just go with the flow of culture. But in a world that is already upside down, we need to reverse that. And somebody said, hallelujah. We need to, as the church, be the reversal of all the chaos and all the darkness and all of this mess they've got. Amen. They don't know what gender they are. We need to turn that around. We need to be the arbiters of truth, as the preacher said early on this week. We need to be those that stand for righteousness and not worried about what the culture's doing. We, the church, are going to stand as those that are representing truth and letting a lost and dying world know that there is hope. Amen. There is grace. There is mercy. There is another chance. Oh, somebody clap your hands and let's praise him here tonight. Hallelujah. In a world that's upside down, they need a church that's standing flat on their feet and preaching it straight. But there was a mob that tried to attack Paul and Silas and bring them out into the crowd so they could be beaten. Paul was worried about the severe amount of persecution. But number two, he was worried and he was concerned. And I mean this worried and concerned because as humans, our emotions of worry and concern are real. But this is why Paul would tell the church to pray without ceasing because we have got to have a lifestyle that regardless of what everything looks like, regardless of what everything feels like, we are going to keep on praying. My flesh says be anxious, but my spirit says be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. If you're feeling anxious and stressed out, it's not that, you have, that you're that you doing something wrong. It could be that you're just missing out on something right, and it's called prayer. And when you pray, although your flesh is stressed out, although your mind is stressed out, although your blood pressure is rising, although there's anxiety that you don't know what the governor's going to say next week and we don't know what's going to happen in the next year, amen, our flesh gets worried. But when we begin to pray, amen, without ceasing, as he told the church in Thessalonica, amen, there's something that happens. Our spirit is encouraged. Our spirit gets hope. Our Spirit gets faith. We've got to make sure that we are doing that. But Paul was worried in his flesh, amen, about false prophets and about false teachers. It is no different, amen, in 2,000 years ago in the first century church as it is today. Amen. He would tell them, and he told them over and over again throughout these, these, these epistles and other epistles, amen, that you've got to try the spirits to see whether they be of God. Amen. Sometimes we got to try our own spirit to see whether it be of God. Because if not, we will become the very thing that we don't want to see in the kingdom of God. We'll get a rotten spirit and we will think that we are of God. Amen. But we have not tried that spirit. Amen. Whether it be of God. We'll talk about this next year. Amen. One of the gifts of the spirit is discerning of spirits. It's not just discerning external spirits and saying, well, that's a spirit of suicide. But it is also, amen, the gift of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you to be able to define and define out your own spirit and discern your own spirit. Amen. You don't need somebody else to come by and tell you you're off when 
you're praying in the Holy Ghost, they will, amen, you'll feel a check in your spirit. I need to be a little more forgiving. I need to have a little more grace. I'm going off a little bit. I need to have a prayer meeting. I need to push away the plate this week. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, let's praise God here tonight. Hallelujah. But he told them to try the spirits, whether it's individual or collective, whether it's external or whether it is internal. He told them to hold on to that which is good. Amen. Because in trying the spirits, he didn't want to get rid of prophecy. He didn't say to forbid to prophesy. In fact, he encouraged it. Amen. Think about that. Even though he knew there were people that were going off into false doctrine and to false prophecies, he was still encouraging the church to hold on to that which is good. Amen. To despise not prophecies. To hold on to good prophecies. Yes, there's some people that go off. And yes, there's some people that get a knuckleheaded spirit about them. Amen. But that doesn't mean that you should not hold on to that which is good. Amen. If you got a gift, use that gift. Amen. If you got an anointing, use that anointing. Well, other people have fallen, Pastor. That's all right. You keep doing what is right. You keep holding on to that which is good. He told them over and over again, don't let anybody deceive you. He even specifically wrote in his letters that I am writing this with my own hand. He was signing it with his own signature because what Paul had to face, amen, in Thessalonica was identity theft. People were writing letters saying that they were Paul, but they were not Paul. They were forgeries, and they were trying to sway an entire church. you got to be careful of other voices that don't have the signature over their life. you got to be careful, amen, of false teaching and false preaching and false prophecy, amen, and false brethren, as Paul would put it, that'll come, and they don't have a signature, amen, of the pastor over their life life or God over their life you got to set those voices aside and say I'm not going that direction I will hold on to that which is right I will hold on to that which is good and I will forsake all those other oh somebody praise him oh let's lift up our hands for just a moment Come on, that, that, that might be alive and well in the 21st century, but Apostolic Revival Center, we're making up our mind. We're going to hold on to that which is good. Hold on to that which is right. Oh, Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's pray for just a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I've got more that I will talk about in the future on that subject. But the final thing that Paul was worried about in his flesh was their Christian living. Ultimately, people stopped praying. That's why he said pray without ceasing, because people ceased praying. Pray without ceasing. They started getting carnal. And as we learn through the Bible, the carnal mind is the enemy of God. Amen. If you want to be in opposition to God, uh, just stop praying. Just get carnal. Just let your flesh take over. Uh, just do the opposite of what the preacher talked about. Uh, instead of climbing up higher, stay where you are. Be satisfied with good enough. Uh, amen. Because the Spirit of God's always going to try to take you to a higher level and a deeper depth. Amen. But the flesh is always going to say, I am content where I am. I am satisfied where I am. And, and, and it will cause people to get lazy and lackadaisical in their spirit. Amen. Paul started talking about that, that they began, began to get lazy. 
amen, not just in their spirit, but even in their daily activities and in their work. They became busybodies. There's people that have too much time on their hands. They don't have enough problems in their own life that they've got to go and get in everybody else's business. The Bible talks against that. You can't be up in everybody else's business. you got to be in your own business and take care of your own things. And Paul is dealing with a church that is now, amen, full of gossip and full of busybodies and full of trouble and problems. And it gives me a little hope in the 21st century that, amen, that it's not just one church in the world, but it's happened for 2,000 plus years that people are still people but in the midst of it all God was still turning the world upside down and in the midst of the mess uh, the church was still growing and in the midst of people going topsy-turvy there was still people that were holding to that which was good and they were doing what is right and they were listening to the preaching oh somebody give him praise amen there's hope uh, in the 21st century there is hope uh, for revival he began to worry about this from his fleshly standpoint, so he writes towards it. you got to be careful that you don't get tired and worn out, that you start missing out with God. Amen. He dealt with discouraged individuals because of the persecution, because of the false teaching, and because the way that they had been taught was different than the way that some people were living. And the ones that were holding to that which were good started getting discouraged. And Paul is writing these letters to them, and he tells them, amen, to give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He was not writing this to a church that had everything together and had everybody perfect and everybody living right. He was writing this to a church that had suffered some of the most severe persecution. Amen. The ESV puts it this way. Give thanks in all circumstances. He was talking to a church that had been through just about every circumstance, every excuse and every reason to not be thankful, every excuse and every reason to get mad and get bitter and quit and give up on God but he was reminding them hold to what is good keep on doing what's right and remember to give God thanks in every circumstance oh let's lift up our hands and let's love him come on Amen. You read it. A major theme throughout First and Second Thessalonians is giving of thanks. He's reminding them, regardless of how it feels, regardless of how it looks, people might have died because of persecution. People might have died because of sickness. People might be infirmed right now. But you got to hold on to what is right. Hold to that which is good and give thanks in everything. Oh, let's love him. Come on, let's praise him. For just a few moments, I'm almost done. I'm almost done teaching. We're going to give God thanks. Come on, can I get the elephant out of the room? 2020 might have been difficult for you as it was for everybody else. It might have been more difficult for some than for others. There might have been some upside-down times in your life. But in every circumstance, Apostolic Revival Center, I want to remind you to give thanks in all things, in all times, in all seasons, and in every circumstance. Oh, let's love him. Come on, let's love him. In the name of Jesus, Paul was telling them, you have become imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the message with joy from the Holy Ghost, despite, somebody is in in their spirit here tonight, despite 
your severe suffering so that you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You may not know it, but you keeping a right spirit in every circumstance really does make a difference. Let me say that again. You and I keeping a right spirit of thankfulness and of gratefulness in every circumstance, in every season. You know what? This is why, amen, you may not all really know it, but I have done the numbers. I have done the math. And in, in spite, can I put it there? Because he just said, despite your severe suffering, amen, in spite of what 2020 has thrown at the church of the living God locally and globally, I've got more testimonies than you got time of churches growing numerically, churches gaining financially. Can I preach it locally? The church here numerically, percentage-wise, has grown. It has not shrunk. I wish somebody would shout. Our building fund went up. It did not go down. People got more blessed, not less blessed. People came up, and they didn't go down. Despite it all, in spite of it all. So what are you saying? I thank God in the midst of it all that God brought me through. Somebody ought to give him praise. Amen. It's a testimony across the world that the church is going up, that things are going. Oh, hallelujah. I feel him in this house. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's give him praise tonight. Come on, there's people complaining every week. I'm not talking about in the church. I'm talking about in the world. Complaining about this, complaining about that. But the church is saying we thank God. Because if it had not been for 2020, we wouldn't be as blessed as we are. Had it not been for the sickness, I wouldn't thank God for my health like I do today. Had it not been for the loss, I wouldn't thank God for the years of gain. Had it not been for the shutdown, I might not have thanked God for the doors that are open. Had it not been for the fact that I couldn't come to the building, I would never been more thankful for the chairs. I've never been more thankful for the sound system. I've never been more thankful for the people of God. I've never been more thankful for the music. I've never been more thankful. Oh, somebody give him praise. I've never been more thankful for the preaching. I've never been more thankful for revival. I've never been more thankful. Somebody give him praise. Somebody ought to shout in this building and give God praise. And give God thanks. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing to us how blessed we really are. Some people, they understand uh, gratefulness and thankfulness as being circumstantial. But I would submit to you here today that thankfulness is a decision, not a feeling. Hallelujah. Thankfulness is a decision, not a feeling. We've talked about this all this last year. You got to be careful that you don't get all up in your feels. Your feelings will lie to you. Amen. But when you make it up in your mind, I will give God great thanks in spite of it all. Well, how'd you come to church today? Well, I came moping and complaining. No, I entered into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Why? Because I, a sinner from the streets, could go to the church of the living God. That I, a Gentile, that had no place in the kingdom of God, that was not a people, but now I've become the people of God. You... I don't know why you're not thankful. I'm thankful. There's a lot of people here tonight that are thankful because we got a revelation if it wasn't for Jesus. 
we would not be here. Thankfulness is not a feeling. It is a decision. I have decided to be thankful. I have decided. And what Paul is telling them, it is the will of God. Well, Pastor, I don't know what the will of God is. Thank God. I don't know what I'm doing in this season. Thank God. I don't know what he's doing in this season. Thank God. Well, what do I do? Well, you give God thanks. I know it seems a little simple, but that's the biblical response. That's the biblical answer. I've talked to... I've talked to Elder Boba every single day that I can, unless he can't answer the phone. Amen. And at the point when, when he was the most worried and the doctors were the most worried, you know what he was talking about? He was telling me that he was witnessing to the nurses and to the doctors. And though he maybe had been depressed that day, amen, there was something that said, you know what? I've been thankful to be blessed with many good years. Amen. I want to help somebody here today. Amen. That you're not in a hospital bed tonight. Amen. That you, you are in church today. And we've got every reason. We've got every reason to give God praise. The Bible lets us know that one of the signs of the end times, in fact, I encourage every individual to go and read your Bible and look through your Bible. Do a study for yourself, all the signs of the end times. Everybody's looking for the mark of the beast. Everybody's looking for the Antichrist. But what we really need to look for is we need to look for the signs of the end times. I'm not worried about the earthquakes and I'm not worried about the rumors of war, but I'm worried about the spirits and the attitudes of the end times. My Bible says that one of the signs, one of the the major signs of the end times is that the people of the end time will be unthankful. We're not talking about thanksgiving here. We're talking about in their spirit. They're unthankful. Amen. There's people that have blamed this generation and said they are entitled. But it's not that they're entitled. It's that they're unthankful. There's a lot of things that they are entitled to, amen, but what really rubs other generations wrong, and it's not just the next generation. I've met a lot of older folks that are unthankful and entitled, amen, but there is that mentality that says I won't be thankful for what I do have. I'll be ungrateful. And every individual with any sense about themselves will be rubbed wrong by that. I will give and I will give and I will give and I will give. Whether the people feel entitled or not, I love to give because I understand the Bible. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That's just not just a Christmas verse. I want you to know if you've never experienced the joy, I'm not just talking about giving when you come to church. I'm talking about being a giving person. Amen. Being a blessing person. How can I serve? How can I help? How can I bless? You just get something back in return. But in spite of that, there's one thing that makes me want to shut down quicker than anything else is when somebody's not thankful. I don't care if they feel entitled for more. That's fine. Were you thankful for what I did do? And that's me and my humanity. How does God feel after everything he has done for us? Amen. And, and, and there's blessings we don't even have time here tonight to talk about and things that we don't even claim as blessings because we see them as privileges and we see them, amen, not as privileges, but we see them as rights. Amen. That we have certain inalienable rights. I, I want to help you here today. Jesus is not American. You don't have certain inalienable rights. Amen. But what it is is you got privileges in the kingdom because you're a child of the king amen and, and you got to be thankful for every privilege 
I love how a, a, a man in my father-in-law's church said it. He said, Pastor, when do I get a privilege? And he looked at him. He said, what do you mean a privilege? He said, you know, like ushering. See, that's a difference of mentality right there. He was looking for the privilege. He was saying, I... I love that. Now, this is an individual that is so thankful every time he gets to come to the door. Welcome to church. And they, they continue to stay in that position. Why? Because he's so thankful for the privilege. I think that the answer to the end time spirit is to manifest the very opposite of what we are encountering in a generation that is so unthankful for the most basic of things. Uh, amen. There's people that are complaining about lockdowns and shutdowns and all these little things. Uh, I want to tell you, I'd still rather be locked down in America, amen, than let loose in another country. I wish I had somebody said Amen. I'd rather be locked down in America than set loose in some other country. And I know it frustrates all of us, but I've made it up in my mind. In a world that's going to be unthankful, I'm going to have the apostolic mindset that says, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on, let's pray. What are you doing here tonight? We are fighting the spirit of the end times. We're going to be thankful. Amen. We're going to be thankful. We're going to go to our jobs thankful to have that job. We're going to go with a smile on our face. Why are you so excited? Because I'm thankful. You mark, you mark it down. You want to know uh, where there's systemic failure in any area of life? The Bible says that one of the signs of the end time is unthankfulness. But let's just put it this way, not just end times of prophecy. The signs of the end of marriage, the end of your job, the end of anything that you put your life into will be unthankfulness. You ever got a job and you got so excited and then somebody, somebody comes by and says, just wait a couple months. And they want to tell you, oh, the boss is terrible. And you're just excited because you were just living on food stamps. And you're just so happy to have the job. And you're thankful to have 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. And you're so, they're going to work you to death. And it's going to be terrible. You know what happened to that individual? It's the beginning of the end. They lost their thankfulness. That individual is probably going to lose their job next. And then they're going to be thinking, I should have been thankful for what I had. Come on, you want to know where a marriage starts failing? It's not that they lost love. It's that they lost gratefulness and thankfulness that they had a spouse. Can I preach to somebody from somebody that was single for 28 years? I'm so thankful to be married. Some people forget what it was to be lonely. Some people forget what it was to not have a companion. Some people forget, wow, oh, come on, I'm preaching real good. And they lose their thankfulness, and they start looking out the window and looking out the door, thinking the grass is greener on the other side. You ought to grab your spouse when you get home and kiss them and say thank you. Somebody give God praise. Amen. I'm not going to let there be a beginning to the end of my marriage, of my ministry, of my church, of my service. I'm thankful. Pastors that fail are pastors that get unthankful. I thank God for every saint of God. 
My wife and I thank God for you. You may not know it, but when we hit our knees and we begin to pray, we pray like Paul did. I give thanks every day for every saint of God that is made up in their mind. I'm not going to bow the knee to this world. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be thankful. We thank God, amen, for the fact that we get to be in God's service. Whether you're ushering, preaching, singing, or whether you're on a pew because you're called to be a saint of God, you ought to thank God for the opportunity that out of, t- out of 8 billion people on the planet that you get to be in church. Amen. That of all, come on, if I can preach it from just a human level, out of 8 billion people on the planet, 90 plus percent are living in abject poverty. You were born in the United States, breaking every statistic to be part of 350 million people on the planet that is a drop in the bucket to the billions of people in the world but you got blessed to be here oh let's love him the beginning of the end is when you get unthankful when you start getting unthankful you start getting dissatisfied with what you have somebody put it this way they said envy is the art of counting somebody else's blessings envy is the art of counting somebody else's blessings. you got to be careful with this generation. You know what, what's going to help perpetuate unthankfulness? Instagram and Facebook. And whatever else they come out with. TikTok and knickknack or whatever they're going to come out with next. Snapchat. Because you'll see people's highlight reel and you'll think, man, my life's not that great. But you live the unedited version of life. Amen. Your breath stinks in the morning. You got, you got messy hair. You're not always perfect. And you start looking at everybody else. What happens is you start getting your eyes off of your own blessings. If we start counting our own blessings, I won't count. I, I thank God that you're married, but I thank God for my wife, not your wife. Amen. I thank God for my many blessings, not your many blessings. Amen. I do thank God with you. Understand me here tonight. Amen. But I'm not looking out the window to see if the grass is green or on the other side. Amen. I know that somebody's highlight reel might be great but I'm thankful to God not just for my highlight reel I'm thankful to God for all the unedited moments I thank God for every service where the building's packed but I thank God when there's just us four and no more because everybody's sick and there's just a little bit of live stream going on I thank God for those moments because it's the blessings that God gave to me and God gave to you and I refuse to become full of envy and covetousness and get ungrateful and unthankful thankful and ultimately unholy i thank god let's lift up our hands and let's pray here today i'm done teaching i've got a lot more that i could talk about we'll save that for next year but somebody needs to pray and thank god what have you begun to lose your thankfulness about Amen. Don't let that be the signal fire for the end of your life. Don't let it be the flare gun in your life that says this thing's going down. I thank God for every blessing that he has given to me. I thank God for every trouble that's ever come in my life that made me who I am today. I thank God for every bit of loss and blessing. I thank God for every trial and every blessing. It made everything come to this place. Thank him right now. Somebody lift up your voice and thank him right now. Oh, let's pray for just a few moments. Come on, somebody pray right now. I don't want to be part of this generation unthankful, unholy. I want to be grateful. I want to give God thanks. 
in all things, in every circumstance, amen, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I've been going through, I want to say thank you, Jesus. You've still been good to me. Amen. I want to thank you because you are good, as the Bible says, and your mercies endure forever. I want to thank you, and I want to proclaim it to the nations that the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. I want to give thanks unto the Lord. I want to call upon your name. Amen. I want to make your deeds known among the people and among the heathen because you've been a good, 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 good God. I want to thank you, Jesus, and I want to sing praises to your name because you have been better to me than I have even been to myself. I thank you, Jesus, tonight. Some people want to know, what's my ministry? Here's a ministry for you. And David appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Well, what's my ministry? Why don't you come to church with thanksgiving? And just spend the whole service saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that person that claps off beat. Thank you, Jesus, for the fact that we missed that note. Thank you, Jesus, that the pastor stumbled over his words. Amen. Whatever it might be, man, thank you that ten, amen, that this person got the Holy Ghost. Thank you that this person got baptized. Amen. I know that seems a little bit extreme, but I think we ought to be extreme, not just when we shout. I think we ought to be extreme in saying thank you in the midst of an unthankful world. Let's lift up our hands. Let's pray. I'm done right now. We're going to have some, some, some gratitudes about to come out. Amen. In the name of